0: Are you now from the Gospel according to Matthew? Then Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have people call them rabbi. But you're not to be called rabbi. For you have one teacher, and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Before we look at what Jesus does not like about the scribes and Pharisees, let's consider what he does appreciate about them. They sit on Moses' seat. That is, they know the law. They know it well. Some might argue too well. They know how to use the words as weapons, which, it turns out, is not the purpose of the law. They miss the spirit of the law. But if you're interested in having someone teach you the letter of the law, you can do no better than the scribes and Pharisees. Just don't, and here's Jesus' critique, turn them into examples of how to live the law. That's where they fail. That's a struggle for us, isn't it? We struggle mightily with people who know the right words, but don't do the right actions. You just said. You just talked. Why don't you just do But then we realize there are plenty of times when we don't just do. I may have told you this before, but I have sometimes uh, felt as though I'm living in the Truman Show. This is a movie that Jim Carrey had out some years ago where the main character, Truman, does not realize he was born into a TV show. So everyone around him is an actor, the uh, scripts are already pre written. He just lives his life thinking he's living it normally, but everyone else knows they're on TV all the time. Cameras always watching. Every once in a while I look for hidden cameras in the places I am. I realize my life is not that interesting, that the show would have been canceled long ago if it was about me. But I do wonder sometimes, I do fear sometimes, What would it be like if I got up here and said one thing and then went out there and did the exact opposite and somebody was watching? It's one of the reasons I don't stand up here with a long list of do's and don'ts. It's self-protection. I know I can't get it right all the time. And if you think I can, or if you think Derek can, Or if you think your teacher can, or if you think the guy who always knows the exact scripture and verse for the situation can, or if you think the lady who never stops praising Jesus can get it right all the time, you're in for great disappointment. I know I've told you this before, but I've only lived so much, so you have to let some of the examples be repeats. Sorry about that. In college, I helped to shuttle people for the South Carolina Annual Conference when the Methodists met at Wofford. We would shuttle because the parking wasn't great nearest where we were gathering, and so people had to park a ways out, and it was our, one of our jobs to go and pick them up and bring them in. And most people seemed to appreciate that, but every once in a while you'd find someone who did not appreciate how far away she or he had to park. They were angry about the parking situation, and despite the fact that we were giving them a free ride to the place, they uh, blessed us, but not in the good way. After my morning shift, I'd walk into the conference sweating, and look into that arena where they were worshiping, and without fail, the ones who had had the fiercest tongues in the parking lot. We're the ones with the strongest praises in the worship center. Old Methodists. (laughs) But it's not just Methodists, right? It's people. It's us. We struggle. We struggle so badly. It's one of the reasons the church fathers had to be explicit about, about those who baptize. People started to wonder... Is my baptism going to be okay if that guy does it? So the church came out and said, It is God who is doing the act. Even if someone proves to be corrupt, the baptism still stands, which I know is a relief to some of you who have had your baptized children here. But isn't it telling that that they had to spell that out? That they had to say, It is going to be okay, despite who did it. Sally and I had our children baptized here, and the one who did it was not overly corrupt, so we think it took. Our son was baptized here 12 years ago this past Monday, adding him to the list of Jesus students. He has since, our daughter has since, many others have since been taught about the faith from various teachers. They've heard the words and they've watched the actions. They've begun using the words and doing the actions. Along the way, they've surely run into people who know the words of the teachings well, but are still struggling to have them translated in how they'll live. And to be sure, they've run into people who think they've understood the words perfectly and are living them just right. And if others will just live them the way they're living them, then those persons will get their lives right. If our children haven't, then they will run into those people. They'll run into them in the places they live and work and study. They'll run into them in their own families. And if they pay close enough attention, they'll run into it. In their own lives. So, the message I'd want to send to them is, is look for teachers in life, especially teachers of the faith, who understand that they are first and foremost students. A significant issue for the scribes and Pharisees and those who go around spouting their truths as if they've got it all figured out as if that knowledge they are accumulating and experiences they've had and their informed opinions are are so right, is that they forgot that they were first and foremost students. Each and every one students. One and all students. How'd y'all sing it? Followers of the Lamb. If you were hoping to hear that, yes, most of them are students, but you're the expert. Don't blame me. It's Jesus who said it. He's the one who said, You have one teacher. You're all students. One instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Don't blame me. I know it's more fun to be exalted without being humbled. Then I look at this list of this year's saints. And I recognize that in varying degrees of humility, different lifespans and experiences, they knew that they were still students. They were still asking questions. Still studying still wondering, still trying. Many of them were at a place spiritually, morally, theologically that fit well for them, but I don't remember them going around saying, or going around giving off the impression that they had it all figured out. And if everyone else did as they did, everyone else would be okay. They were students. They had confidence in the areas where they had spent much time. They had convictions about what they believed to be right. They were devoted to Jesus and His teachings, which, thank God, informed how they lived their lives. But, thank God, did not translate into a sense that they had mastered the faith, perfected the walk, that they had become the teacher. I look at this list of saints and I think about their various learning styles and it's always this way. As many different styles as there are people. The Christian faith, like so much that matters in life, can be heard in a desk in a classroom but it's rarely caught there. It's caught in a neighbor's yard or by a foosball table in a youth building or sitting around the dinner table. On a service project, in a coffee shop, reflections and conversations after the worship service after the study is ended. It's some combination of all of that, plus the integrity of those who are not just saying the words, but observed living them. The faith is called when space is made for someone who learns differently than others. Or expresses what they're coming to believe differently than others. And rather than being shunned or condemned as welcomed by those whose spirit reflect an understanding. That we're all beggars. Showing one another where to find bread. We're all students. The one teacher. We give thanks today. For the students of our Lord who have been received into the Master's presence. for the lessons they learned and the lessons they lived. For them and for God's grace in their lives, we give thanks.